Hi, Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the least of these podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Amen, amen. Beautiful words, wonderful words of life. Good to be with all y'all here again this morning. I guess uh, we're going to look at John chapter 1. And I think last week we were talking about verse 7. And we were talking about there was the forerunner of Christ. That John was the forerunner of Christ. Remember we're not talking about John the disciple of John. But we're talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was a man sent from God. And his name was John. And he came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. And we talked about that last week that, that he was sent from God and he was sent to bear witness. And that's basically courtroom terms. In other words, he's wanting to make sure that we understand that, uh, Jesus really truly is who he said he was. And remember the whole purpose of this book of John is that we we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing we might have life in His name. That's John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. He says He wrote about these seven signs. And so He came to bear witness of the light that all through Him might believe. That through John they might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And then He says He was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. Remember Jesus said he was the light of the world, right? He said he'd come into the world and he'd give light to people. And remember light stands for holiness and purity and righteousness and truth. And darkness stands for error and falsehood and lies and wrongness. And he's been talking about that in verse 4. He said, in him was life and the life was the light of men. It was the holiness the purity, the righteousness of men, and the holiness and the purity and the righteousness, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. People that aren't saved don't understand why we study the Bible. People that aren't saved don't understand why we go to church. They don't understand why we sing the songs. They don't understand why we love God and why we do the things we do. A lot of them think we're crazy because... We, we could be out there doing all these other things, but yet we're spending our time in church. I guess I heard a story about Bill Gates. He says he'd rather be, uh, rather be in the office on Sunday morning than in church because church was a waste of time. And so that's what Bill Gates says. That's the guy that, that, uh, started the Microsoft Corporation, the big software giant. He's one of the richest men in the world. But unfortunately, one day, if he doesn't turn his life over to Christ, he's going to be in hell, and that'll be just it, you know, because the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And so John was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. And then he says right here, we're going to talk about the rejection of Christ this morning. And maybe we'll get through two or three verses. He says, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. 
and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Now you know in verse 9 he says, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now I don't know about you, but I've heard people in the past talk about that poor fellow over in the middle of the jungle somewhere that didn't get to hear about Christ and he was going to go to hell. And uh, Anybody ever heard that before? This verse here says that every person gets an opportunity to trust the Lord if they want to. Everybody says that was the true light which gives light, which gives holiness and purity and righteousness to every man coming into the world. And if we could look over here at Romans chapter 1, and Romans chapter 1 talks about that. And this is a section of scripture that says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress or hold down the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like incorruptible man, like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. And then he says, Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. Verse 28, he says, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And so the Bible says we know there's a God because of creation. All we got to do is look around and, and see how beautiful outside is, the world is, right? I mean, it's not perfect because man's sin has marred it. But all we got to do is every morning we know that the sun's going to rise at a certain time. We know that the sun's going to go down at a certain time. We know that the moon's going to come. And we know when meteorite showers are coming. And we see the beauty and the order of everything. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago about how everything works together. And even how amazing our bodies are, even though as we get older, they're not quite so amazing, but they still do an incredible amount of things. The Bible says that we know there's a God because of creation. And because of creation, we can look around and know that somebody designed all of this, right? I mean, you know, we I, I could tell y'all, like I said before, I, I threw a stick of dynamite out in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden it blew up and Habersham House appeared. The walls, the windows, the doors, the lights, the wiring, the furniture, the piano, and all the stuff just appeared, right? You'd tell me I was crazy. But you know, that's what people believe. That's how they believe that the world happened. It was a big bang. Everything was created. But you know what? The Bible says God created it all, right? God spoke and bang, it happened. That's the big bang theory. People know there's a God because there's creation. You know there's a watchmaker because I got a watch, right? You know somebody made the suit because I got a suit on. 
you know somebody had to make the chairs because the chairs are here. And so everything we see, we know somebody had to make it. We can't see the beauty and the order of it and see how well things work together and not understand there's not a creator. The Bible says that we know there's a creator. But the Bible says that people don't want to know that there's a God. You know, in Psalms chapter 1 where it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That means he doesn't want to have a God. And so he rejects God. And it says here, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You say, well, Marty, we don't worship uh, sticks today. We don't worship idols. Yeah, but if we look around in our culture, people are worshiping houses and cars and money. And if you look on TV, I mean, I turned on the TV yesterday and just about every time I turned on the TV to a commercial or every time a TV commercial came on and there were several of those paid advertisements and everybody was worshiping the body, right? They all wanted the young, beautiful body. And some people are doing some extreme things to get that. My wife was telling me last night that I guess Elvis Presley's ex-wife, Michelle, I think it's Michelle Presley, said that she looks all weird because she's been getting all these Botox treatments in her mouth and her cheeks and all are like paralyzed and she can't even smile. She looks like... Looks like it looks really weird, you know, because she just looks deformed because she can't smile because you know that all that stuff is is it's it's a paralytic, right? It paralyzes your muscles and it makes it like stay in place and so it doesn't sag and so these people are putting poison in their bodies. But you know, we're worshiping our bodies and we're worshiping, you know, uh, all kinds of things. I mean, just look around today. That's part of the reason America's having all these problems, right? Because everybody wanted something now. They wanted instant houses, instant cars, instant TVs. You know, if you look around, we got instant everything, right? We got fast food, we got QuickBooks software, we got, you know, instant credit, you know, everything's quick and fast and instant. But you know what? Just because it's quick and fast and instant don't mean it doesn't come without problems too, right? People worship things. I I heard one man talk about this and he said they changed the image of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man. In other words, we take the glorious God and instead of worshiping Him, we worship other stuff. That's what he's saying here. We worship our cars, our children, our families, our houses, our you know health or whatever it is that we worship. I heard one man say that it was like this. We used to name our cars after men. You know, we named them Ford and Lincoln, and uh, now we name them. Then we started naming them after birds like the Roadrunners and uh, Thunderbird and Falcon and stuff like that. And then we started naming them after four-footed animals, and uh, we started naming like Mustang and and uh, some of those things, and then now we name them after creeping things. The most sawed-off cars now are like the Viper and the Python and stuff like that. And so there's not a 
evolution upwards, there's a evolution, a devolution that's downward spiral into sin. And that's what's wrong with our society today. But everybody knows there's a God because we see creation. But a lot of people don't want a God. They want to be like Elvis Presley and they want to be like Frank Sinatra and they want to sing that old song, I did it my way, right? And they don't want to come to God because they want to do it their way. We hate to say that, but it's the truth. A lot of people don't come to God because they don't want somebody to tell them what to do. Chapter 2 of Romans tells us in verse 14, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law unto themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So he says, first of all, we've got creation and we can look around and we see creation. And then we have a conscience. That's what you call general revelation. We know there's a God because we have a conscience. Everybody here has a conscience, right? When we do something we know, when we speak harshly to somebody or we do something we ought not to do, what do we do? We feel bad, right? That's our conscience. And we can go out in the middle of the jungle. We can go way out in uh, Papua New Guinea or in the middle of the African jungle. And everywhere we go, we'll find a set of rules and a set of regulations. And guess what we'll also find? We'll find people are worshiping something. Y'all remember that old movie Joe Volcano or Volcano Joe? And it was old Tom Hanks before he... He got all strange and got into all this Da Vinci Code stuff and all. But he, they were going to sacrifice him and somebody else. I forget who it was. But they were going to throw them in the volcano and sacrifice them to the volcano. Because guess what? They thought that the volcano God was mad with them, right? And today, you know, I mean, truly, people do this all over the world. In the deepest, darkest jungles of Africa and all over the place, there are people that are worshiping the sun, they're worshiping the moon, they're worshiping all kinds of things. There's a part in Isaiah, he says, that the guy makes an idol out of wood, and then with the rest of the wood, he burns it and starts a fire and warms himself. But people do crazy things like that because they don't want to worship a God. And so they make up a God of their own making. They make up their own God. But the Bible says that every single one of us know there's a God because of creation. And we know there's a God because of conscience. And we do what's right and we do what's wrong because our conscience tells us what's right and tells us what's wrong. And God is the one that put the conscience in us. He is the one. I remember when I was a child, and I think the first time I, you know, every little boy wants a BB gun, right? And my son's favorite movie is like that show on TV. I don't know if it's his favorite, but he always watches that movie, you know, on TV at Christmas. They always show that one movie about the little boy wants a BB gun, and, and they tell him, you can't have a BB gun, you'll shoot your eye out, you know. And uh, so the whole movie is about him wanting to get a BB gun. I was a little boy and I shot a bird and I killed the bird and as soon as I killed that bird I felt bad about it because that was my conscience bothered me. We think about the things we've done in the past and we know there's a God but that's not enough but you know I heard it said like this that if some guy out in the middle of the jungle 
wanted to know about the true God, guess what? God would crash an airplane and parachute a missionary in so that he could hear about the true God. Have you ever heard that before? Acts chapter 10, Peter, he's a, a saved man and Cornelius is a, is a man that, that's seeking after the true God. It says he was a worshiper of the true God. But he didn't really know Christ as Lord and Savior yet. But because he was seeking after the true God, it says that God sent Peter to see Cornelius. And guess what? Cornelius and his whole family got saved because Paul, I mean Peter, went over to see him. That's Acts chapter 10. It says he was seeking after true God. It says in Acts chapter 10 there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to people and prayed to God always. And if you go on through the rest of the chapter, you see that God sends him a vision and Peter comes to him. And at the end of the chapter, he preaches Christ to him and him and his whole family get saved because he was seeking after the true God. And I believe the principle is, is when we seek after light from God, we seek the truth from God, you know what God will do? He'll give us more truth. The Bible says if you're faithful in the little things, He will do what? He will give you much, right? So, But if you're not faithful in the little things, guess what that means? He won't give you anything else. The Bible says over in the book of Psalms that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I believe it's like this, that when we take a step, God shows us to do something. Then we take a step and then he shows us enough light to do the next thing. That's the way his will works in our life. And I believe it works that way in salvation too because thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Remember in the old days they had them old lights and those the lights they had wouldn't show very much, right? You couldn't see very far with the kind of lights they had with candles and torches and some of the things they've had in the past. Nowadays we got these little flashlights. You turn them on and they'll shine about a mile away in the tree. Back in those days, all they could see was maybe to take the next step. And then when they took the next step, the light was shining enough they could see to take the next step. And that's the way it works with God's will. He shows us what He wants us to do. And we have to take the first step. And then after we take the first step, we can see to take the second one. And then when we take the second one, He shows us enough to take the third step. That's the way it works with His will. And I also believe that with salvation. Because if we seek after Him... He's going to reveal Himself to us. That's called special revelation. We just talked about general revelation. Everybody knows there's a God. I mean, you might hear people say they're atheists, but I don't believe there's any real true atheist because as soon as they get in trouble, you know what they're going to do? They're going to cry out and say, God, help me. When people cuss, whose name do they use? They use God Jesus's, don't they? Why would they use God's name and Jesus' name if He didn't exist? I don't hear them cussing Muhammad. I don't hear them cussing Buddha. I don't hear them 
cussing Harry Krishna or any of these other folks that used to be around a long time ago, but I hear them cussing God. Why would they cuss and curse in the name of Jesus and the name of God if He didn't exist and they didn't know He existed? And when something happens to people and they say, well, I don't believe in God, but they'll say, well, God, why did you let this happen to me? You know, anybody ever said that before? Probably a lot of us did. So we know there's a God. We know that He exists because of creation and we know because of conscience. He says that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So every man, that means that word man. You know, when the Bible uses the word man sometimes, it uses it in the sense of men and women. It's anthropos, which means mankind. And it doesn't say mankind, but that's what it means. And it says that he gives light to everyone coming into the world. And verse 10 says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Remember we talked about that in verse 3? God made everything. He created it all. And he created us for, for him and for us to enjoy. And he said the world didn't know him. The people, very people he created, didn't know him. He, he came to his own, verse 11, and his own did not receive him. You know, Jesus came to earth and he came as a man and he came as the God man. And he lived here for 33 years and people rejected him because they didn't want to know who he was. Remember the Pharisees? What did they do? They were the muckety-mucks, right? They were the highfalutin folks. They were the high-powered people. They didn't want to lose their position. And so they rejected Christ. They had Him crucified. They had Him killed. That was His own people. But the rest of the folks, one day He was coming into town and they cried out, Crown Him, crown Him. And three days later they were crying out, Crucify Him, crucify Him. Because you know why? He wasn't the kind of God they wanted. They didn't fit their bill of goods. They didn't want a God like that. They wanted a God that was going to deliver them from Roman oppression. They wanted a God that was going to uh, be their king. They wanted a God who was going to do certain things for them. And when he didn't meet their expectations, they didn't want him anymore. And it says the world rejected him. And then he even came to his own and his own didn't receive him. We won't get to the next verse, but it says as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to have eternal life to those who believe in His name. Let's pray this morning. We'll be through. Father, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy and Your love. We thank You for sending Jesus to die on the cross. And we just ask today that You would help us to know the truth and to believe the truth and understand that You really exist and that You sent Your Son to die on that cross for our sins. You said in John 3.16, You so loved the world that You sent Your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so, Father, we thank You for that. And we ask if there's even one today that doesn't know You, that hasn't received You, Today they would ask you to forgive them, ask you to save them because you are the way, the truth, and the life and no one gets to the Father by, by you. You're the one that died on the cross for our sins. You're the one that loved us that much. You're the only one that did that for us. Lord, I pray that 
There's no one here today that will reject that offer, that free gift of salvation. Because you said it's a free gift. You give it to everyone that was willing to receive it. You said whoever calls on your name, whoever believes that you died in their place, died for their sins and wants to be forgiven and wants to be saved because they realize they're sinners and they need to repent of their sins that you will forgive them and you will save them. So Father, I help some today. If there's even one here today that doesn't know for sure if they died today, they'd go to heaven. Help them to cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. And I want to go to heaven because of what Jesus did on that cross. Father, we love you and thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing number 56, Rock of Ages. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Some are locked up in bodies that don't work and in the nursing home facility and the wheelchair, the bed they cannot get out of. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems or their parents. They aren't doing right and their cries, we want to have a real family. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up in the jail and the prison, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression and suicidal thoughts and a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us life and to set us free and these folks are not free but we can set them free through Christ Jesus at least in their minds and their spirits. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia and surrounding Effingham and Chatham. We do about 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you'll support us in some way so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the donate now button. And we hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you.